Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Uh, in this series, we're speaking about strengthening families. I remember hearing someone say a few years ago that family is the only place where it's like heaven on earth or it's like hell. Uh, that's pretty right. Uh, some of the greatest joys that we can ever experience in life are in family, but also some of the greatest sorrows that we can ever have will come as a result of family. And so we want to be really quite practical over these next three sessions, these three Sunday evenings, speaking to you about strengthening family. Now, before I introduce these two great ladies to you, let me just take you to a couple of scriptures, first of all. Ephesians chapter 3 Verse 14 says this, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Family is the most used metaphor for spiritual life and journey in the New Testament. Jesus taught the disciples to pray something that was so incredibly radical for the people of His day when he began the prayer by saying, Our Father, they would never have... Matter of fact, that was a blasphemy to the Jewish people of Jesus' day. And yet Jesus wanted to crack the mould, as it were, and let them understand the significance God attaches to family. Family is not just a human construct. It's not some kind of sociological evolutionary outcome that we happen to like it better than any other way of doing community. It's God-designed and it's God-designed and because it's God-designed, done God's way, it'll produce God's results. Done our way without God, well, that's pretty much going to be a bit of a luck of the draw. So God's into family, so much so that in Psalm 68 and verse 6, it says God puts the solitary into families. Now, I know tonight that we're going to be speaking to people with all different kinds of family. There's the traditional nuclear family, mum, dad, couple of kids. There's going to be uh, single parent families. There's going to be grandparents raising children. There's going to be grandparents that are still a part of their family world. There's going to be people that want to have family and don't have any yet. There's going to be people that aren't married yet. But this much I know for sure, every one of us, is a part of family somewhere. And even if they're all gone, can I say to you, God will put you into a spiritual family. Now that's actually a bit of a scary thing for some people. They're going, really? Uh, my family was so not good. I'm not sure I want to join another one. Can I ask you to trust God that He knows how to make family work? That's what this is about, regardless of your background. I know it'll be a help to you and perhaps not just a help to you personally. Maybe it's going to be a help to someone you know and you can take some of the wisdom from these two women and be able to share that further. So let me introduce them to you. First of all, here on my left, Tendai Mishera. Give her a big hand. Come on. Hey, Tendai. Tendai is a social worker with a master's degree in psychology who's given her life. And I want to say thank you to both of you for that. Because I know that for both of you, this is more than a job. It's more than simply an educational option you happen to take. 
there's a calling that you both feel. And along with every divine calling, there comes a divine anointing or enabling. So I'm looking forward to hearing from Tendai. And of course, we know and love, perhaps more familiar for many of us, is Colleen Morla-Paula. Colleen is not only a chaplain to a primary school and a high school and almost finished her degree in psych. Well done. But she's also the leader of Metro Kids and Families. And I love the way, Colleen, that you have helped transform that space. Thank God for everyone who went before you. But you've really seen the importance of making it not children's ministry, but making it family ministry. And uh, well done to you both for that. Give both of them a big hand, would you, and say, yay, love you both. And thank you for being a part of Metro. Tendai, you don't, well, occasionally you see her as a part of the creative arts. Oftentimes she's side stage organising everybody, and that's brilliant as well. Let me jump right in, though, ladies, to this, because uh, right now one of the biggest issues facing our world certainly is COVID-19. But the fallout of that has been a whole lot of mental health issues, but more than mental health. A lot of times mental health issues are not contained within the little box called, you know, me. They often, well, they always, don't they? They go out into family. Are, are you both, can you just talk about that for a minute? Perhaps you tend to first, in your professional space, are you seeing that level of anxiety that people carry about? health or about finance or about a whole lot of things. Do you see that kind of bleeding over into the kids, even young ones? Great question, Pastor Jeff. Um, And absolutely, the answer to that is yes. Um, So in the space that I work with children and families, um, I'm almost daily kind of interfacing and interacting with mums, dads and children who are highly anxious. Um, COVID-19 has obviously been something that's really impacted families. So where there were complexities already, um, a lot of what we're seeing is kids who are really nervous about what the future looks like, really anxious. And I guess the um, family energy and how things are dealt with within the family has a huge impact. So certainly Mm -hmm. mental health and for children who, you know, a few months ago seemed happy and healthy, carrying a lot more on their shoulders now. A home kind of school for a lot of people, working from home adds a few little tensions. Dad, I was talking to someone the other day and dad's working from home and the kids are coming up saying, hey, dad, I need help with whatever. And, you know, yeah. And just have to, I guess it's challenged, the, the current situation has challenged everybody to step into roles that they maybe did for a couple of hours a day, yeah, short right. bursts of time, right. to constantly being in that space where you're actually needing to not only do what you need to do to get the bills paid and right. all the expectations of the family met, but I think just the emotional output as well wow. has been so much greater. Yeah, that, That's a big deal. I, look, I, I would jump off two of the things you said there just quickly, because you talked about the complexities of family. Mm. And... I agree wholeheartedly, but I'm hoping that tonight we can put some simple tools into people's hands. I'm not disagreeing with you. I actually agree. Humanity is complex. All of our relationships are organic, so they're not just tick box A or select press button B. Mm -hmm. There's a bit more to it than that. But in the midst of that complexity, I know that you and 
Colleen, part of the genius of what you do, perhaps I'll ask you this, Colleen, perhaps part of the genius of what you do is helping people discover behind the complexity the simplest things that they're able to do that can start leading them out of that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's right. So um, I think just leading, um, just quickly what Tendai was saying too, so going back to the schools was a very different place. But I think it's a mix. You had the kids who were very happy to be back with relationships because, you know, when it was just kids and, and their parents at home, they missed that relationships. And relationships are so important for kids, especially when they're younger. Because wow. that's when they start to form, like, who am I and where do I fit in and what do I have to offer and all this. And, and as well as the parents too. So what we saw was a mixed bag. We had the anxiety, but we also had kids that were happy to be back at school with their friends, relationships, but also because they're so flexible, because they're young, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're able to um, adjust a bit quicker. You know, they are a lot more resilient. You hear kids are a lot more resilient, and usually if there's anxiety, usually it's from what's happening at home, you know, because what they yeah. see at home is what they bring in too. But um, when you're saying about coming back to, to the basics, you know, uh, coming, making things a lot more simpler, which we all saw in this time. Uh, when the parents are coming in with their kids, bringing them into schools now, we're finding that they are saying, gee, we never really knew that our kids like to do this. Wow. So it's kind of, they've actually got um, an opportunity to actually see, gee, my kid likes this or my kid likes to do this and it doesn't actually cost a lot of money to do that. I'm going to continue to do that. And so we've actually seen relationships um, forming in those simple things, those simple times where parents are noticing, wow, just that little colouring in book or gel you, pens or... Do you think that that means that in this space we are finding communication, which is not just what you tell them? Because, you know, hey, every parent knows what it's like. You know, you, you feel like you're forever telling them, don't do this, don't do that. But what you're saying is that a lot of parents are hearing things about their children that they never knew. Mm. So how much of the answers, Tendai, that you are able to bring centres around not behaviour tricks, if I can use that word, no, I don't mean that pejoratively, but, but you know, little nice bits. Yeah. How much of it is just simply saying to families, let's talk about the stuff that our family's going through? How important is that level of communication when we parents and kids? Um, to answer it simply, it is crucial, I think. Um, if there are any lessons that we could probably take away from this time that we've just kind of all been thrust into, it is that less is more. Right. I think we often view relationships... Say that again. Less is more. What do you mean by that? In the sense that um, I think often we interpret or... or We've decided in our minds that some places are too hard to go. Connecting with that child, connecting with that spouse is just hard work and I don't have time for it now. In a time where we were forced to actually mm. slow down, I think a lot of treasure was found in the simple. It doesn't take... It doesn't always take an hour-long conversation to have a meaningful connection. How would you start something like that? Let's say again, we can't... We're not speaking to a really narrow group of people here. It's very broad. There are people of every kind of background and need, etc. But how do parents have those kind of conversations mm -hmm. 
you know, how would you start it? Look, um, activities work a treat. So right. <laughs> with kids, um, and I'll give an example, I guess, from my own personal life. With my goddaughter, I was kind of thinking about different ways to connect with her over this time. And I had a couple of hours to just kind of spend time with her. And one of the things that I knew she was struggling with was homework activities and staying on task with mm -hmm. all this online learning. I spent 30 minutes with her and spoke to her about one verse in um, Colossians that just says, whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability as if you were doing it for God. And honestly, it's a couple of weeks later and she's still getting all this praise and all of this wow. flow-on effect. So something that looked pretty big at the start and like how do we tackle this problem in less than 30 minutes has had a lasting impact on this little person's life. So engage around activities. Sometimes if it's making dinner together or, you know, as Colleen <laughs> said, doing all the stuff that we probably wouldn't usually do. Yeah, right. um, yeah just kind of start those conversations, I think, just... Sometimes it's a bit of a let's let's kind of put it out there and see how it lands. Yeah, but right. I think often we are surprised at just how well it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably like a lot of relationships, isn't it? It's not like a, a one moment killer app to want to use that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so often we want to solve it all with one sentence, one paragraph, and life doesn't usually work like that. No. I know, uh, Colleen. You're a big fan of, well, we all, all should be, but you know what I mean? Like, you're really sold on parents creating a sense of value for their children and letting them know that they matter. How do you go about doing that? How do you underline that in the day-to-day -day and all the stuff that's going on? How do you underline that for families? Yeah, well, worth is, it's incredible that, that you know, what, what a child feels like when they feel worth, when they feel loved. So I think it, in a sense, it's like, kind of going off what Tendai was saying too, it's finding, finding how your child communicates. So I would say, like, their language, their language of love, you know, mm -hmm. and then communing it that way, you know, like how you were saying before, Pastor Jeff, there's so many... Different kids, different ways of doing it. So how we may say something like, how we may communicate love to all three kids, maybe only one of them is, is loving the words of affirmation, but the other ones are going, oh, you know. So I think it's funny. There, there was a book, you know, just really quickly, you know, that yeah. book a while back, I think uh, Gary Chapman. Oh, so love languages. The Love Languages. Yeah, yeah, right. So he also does it for kids too, but I think... When you look at it, it's so true because we are seeing these kids come in and what the kids are really wanting is love. Mm -hmm. They're wanting to know, am I lovable? Do you love me? You know, am I lovable enough that you would spend time with me? So in this early stage, as we know, when they are young, when they are young, to be speaking, you know, words of worth and affirmation to these kids, we see you say one thing to one kid and then the whole class would sit up. If one kid's like... Right. I love the way that you're sitting up. What happens to all the other 20? They all sit up. <laughs> so every child wants to hear those words. Yeah. And um, especially when you know your kid a bit more intimately, when you're knowing maybe it's just a touch on the shoulder, you know, there's touch, there's words of affirmation, there's quality time, uh, there's gifts of service, there's lots of different ways. Our kids, you know, they want it all, but there, there'll be one primary you know, way that yeah. the kids want to be loved. And when you find that, and then that's the way that you're communicating this love at a young age, it's 
it builds that foundation of where they can grow. You know, we talk about attachment. If a kid knows that they're loved and they have that attachment, that safe attachment, they can leave, go explore, come back because you've developed that safe place. They know they are loved, yeah. even when there are mistakes. They are loved. So important, isn't it? Yeah. Just real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I think the. Uh, I remember you telling me a story about one of the children that you know where they expressed it somehow rather like, you know, my mum or my dad only ever tells me when I'm wrong. And you had a little word of wisdom, I thought, where you said that every parent needs to catch their child doing something right. Is that the way you put it? Yeah, so, so in, you know, in the chaplain space too, of course, you get a lot of kids coming in and so they're always saying, oh, I just wish that um, I got told off for doing this, but they didn't see me when I did this and this and this and this. There were so many things. So kids are actually, you know, they're very aware when they're, they're getting told off and sometimes it's the only instruction or words that they get in a day. It's like it might be a correction or discipline, but they're saying, well, if they caught me doing those good things, I did so many good things. <laughs> Have you ever had, though, the naughty child who just seems like, for at least a season, there's very, you've got to really look hard to find the thing they're doing right? You know what I mean? Uh, that can be a, a thing. Of it. I, I know that... Let me ask you, Tendai, along that same vein, because I've had three children and now three grandchildren that are part of my world and some children are not that verbally communicative. Mm -hmm. They're not going to tell you, you know. They're just going to kind of grunt or you're going to say, what do you do as a parent with a child who internalises to that level that trying to have one of those deep and meaningful conversations just doesn't seem to go anywhere? What do you do? Um, Pastor Jeff, I think of... I guess in answering your question, I might just tell a little story. Please. Um, one of the young mums I know has two distinctly different boys. One <laughs> of them will tell her absolutely everything the second he walks in the door. The other is a lot more reserved. And I think her, how she's learnt to connect is to actually make sure that in the 10 minutes or 20 minutes before bedtime, she goes to her introverted son and he knows that those are his 10, 20 minutes with mum. Wow. That will happen as many nights of the week as she can. She aims for every night, but Mm. life is life. Um, But he knows that in that moment is his time that he can tell mummy things, aside from all the distraction of life. And that is just one of the little tricks that she's been able to work out with her son, that she can ask, you know, so tell me about your day. What was the best thing about your day? So they do highlights and lowlights. Um, and then, you know, is there anything that's worrying you that you need mummy to know and maybe we can write it down or pray about it before you go to bed? That's great. And those little things. So sometimes it's only 10 minutes, but she gets that out of her son. I I want to ask you all a million questions and I'm not (laughs) going to get to all of these. How important, because you just talked about praying with... I know for my children growing up and I realise for some families, particularly if they're new believers... Mm. The idea of praying with a, even their own child can be somewhat daunting. Mm. I know some people go, oh, don't be silly. I go, no, I, I get that. Because mm-hmm. I grew up in a, in a traditional Anglo-Saxon background home where one does not 
just tell everyone how one feels, mm -hmm. etc. So when you talk about pre how valuable is that kind of space where you can say to a child, I'm going to pray for your exam today? Yeah. Or, how does that go? It's incredible. Um, I think if we look at prayer the way we look at any other human conversation, it actually wow. just simplifies it. In my life, the little people in my life, as little as, you know, only able to say, babble, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. We still do that and we still honour that at a dinner table, you know. A, a three-year-old gets to say the, say the prayer and that is it. Pray over the food and when they say amen, the prayer is done. Um, I think it's so invaluable. Isn't that great? Because yeah, you teach them from a young age, but I think at least the, the important thing is that they know where to go when things yeah. get heavy. They know where to go with and their choice. you can't mock their request either, no. can you? It's like, because they'll Absolutely. ask you to pray about stuff that your adult brain goes, exactly. no way. They could be asking you to pray for that silkworm that they really, really <laughs> want, but you just have to kind of go with it because the prayer, yeah, it matters to them. The prayer needs will change over time. But if you take the time to pray about the silkworm, one day they might actually tell you, well, mum, I'm really struggling with something wow. bigger. And, that's you know, great. That channels See, that's gold, I reckon, because... Sometimes I've watched some parents try and get so emotionally intense with the child, like, I know something's troubling you, you must tell me, when that kind of a strategy is more likely to bring good fruit than pressing. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 And possibly maybe just um, if they're not ready to tell you, that's okay too. Just assure them that you're going to pray for them anyway. Well, and when they're ready to tell you what the thing is, you can pray together, but just know that mummy or daddy or auntie or uncle yes. are praying for you anyway. I think every parent, every Christian parent would have some funny stories. I was just thinking about my eldest daughter when she was little. She had a budgie, Bluey, and Bluey fell off the perch. I mean, literally fell off and was there paralysed. Rhonda, my wife, rang up and discovered that Bluey the budgie, it's possible for birds to have a a stroke, and Rebecca insisted that when Dad went to the prayer meeting at the church that he had to get everybody to pray for Bluey. So at the end of the prayer meeting, where often you're saying, if you've got a prayer need, tell us what it is. Well, there's me, pastor, standing up saying, can we all pray for Bluey, the budgie? You know what I mean? It's the simplicity of children's faith is beautiful, but it's easily crushed, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The, how do we help raise? Every Christian parent is a part of this service tonight, Colleen, wants their children to grow up with their own faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. They are not trying to make them believe something because Jesus can't be, he's not the grandparent saviour. He's the heavenly father, not the heavenly grandfather. So we want our children to, what should parents do if they want their children to find their own faith? Well, I think, um, well, that, that's, um, that's always our prayer in yeah. kids' church, that our kids will come to know God at an early age. But I think um, what, what, one of the good ways is to, it's to model it. I think, you know, when kids are so young, like we're saying, they are, they, they are like a sponge. They, they will, they'll pick up everything that's happening around them. And if, if in the house 
it's a house that, that honors God and, and they wow. see their parents praying <clears throat> or they see that church is important, that they're up and they're watching um, church live and just little things. Let, let them be involved in like, even with their giving, oh, we're, we're giving this to God. You know, all these little things, how they start in the home, it starts to have an impression on, on kids. Um, quickly, like for myself, I grew up in a, in a Christian home, but I, I was raised, my parents were very busy working that, but my parents loved, the, loved God and loved the church. They were, but so, you know, you know raising up, um, growing up, I couldn't wait almost to, to actually be part of the church the way my parents were because I never saw them complain about, about their commitments in church. I saw them serving God with love, we did devotions every night. But, you know, when I was watching this, so even as a young kid, I was going, my parents love God. And, I mean, so it was very easy for me to love God because it was modeled to me when I was very young. And, um, and the prayers, you know, families praying together and all this. So I think just provide an environment, even if for yourself, if you feel, oh, I probably don't feel like I'm very Christian. You know, some people, they may feel like, oh, well, then bring them to a place where there is instruction or there is a place, yeah. maybe a kids' club or something. And because the environment really helps to shape a kid, and especially when they are young, and especially when it's, you know, um, godly disciplines, you know. And while they were young, and how the, you know, the scripture trained a child up in the way they should go, and when they're older, they were not turned from it. A child, it's very easy for a child to accept, accept God at, yeah, at a young age. True. So even at this time, what an amazing encouragement, what a gift you can give to your child, this, this gift of faith, being raised in this environment of faith, knowing that we love you, but even more so God loves you, has a plan and purpose for your life. Wow. You know, when you're speaking these things, how can a kid not grow up and say, wow, I can't wait to see what God has for me, you know? Yeah. Look, I feel like we've hardly scratched the surface here and there's so many great questions. I'd love to talk to you both again somewhere in the future about subjects like discipline because that's a big one for parents. But can I ask you both, just as we, we have to bring this to a, a conclusion, but um, I think parenting has got to be one of the most difficult jobs to be biologically a parent is one thing. To be a father or a mother is something else entirely. And yet so many of us feel woefully inadequate and underprepared. I would freely say as a parent, I don't think I did it all perfectly well. I thank God for the grace of God. I am so deeply appreciative of kids' ministry in this church for my children uh, you know, when my children might not have communicated that well or felt they could with me, to have people that every week loved them, every week did their creative best to make it fun for them. Honestly, I'm just deeply appreciative. As I've often remarked, Billy Graham, the greatest evangelist the world has ever seen, everyone knows his name, uh, but Billy Graham had a Sunday school teacher, a kids worker, who helped look after him. So can you have one last bit of advice for the parents out there who are going, oh God, I'm not, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure. I don't feel anywhere near good enough, or adequate enough. 
what could you say to them? Um, I think I would say take a breath and actually know that you're doing okay. I think the journey of being a parent is not about perfection, but it's about the perfect little moments. That's that's just gold. Say that again. It's not about... It's not not about perfection. It's about the perfect little moments that you can have. So if you do spend or you manage to spend on any given day a little bit of time where your little person or big person, teenager, feels that they are the only person in your world, even just for those five minutes, that's a perfect moment. Um, And to also just call on supports. I don't think anyone was ever intended to live alone. Actually, I know no one was ever intended to live alone because that's the story of creation. And God, that was the one thing that God actually saw was not so great and needed to be bettered in giving um, Eve to Adam. So call on those support systems where I come from, we often say, and I think it's worldwide anyway, it takes a village Mm. to raise a child. Who's in your tribe? Who's in your village? Call on those supports and actually seek out the help that you do need um, in in that journey of parenting. It's a long journey. It's a lifelong one. Yeah, yeah. Um, So you might as well try and do it with the people around you. Great. Yeah. Colleen? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, just, I think just an encouragement. I mean, a a funny one to start thinking of, but... You know, I think um, you know, no, no, no two families are the same anyway. You know, so it might be you might feel a bit pressured because there's lots of different parents doing it different ways. But you do what works for you. But if the, the encouragement is, parents, you know, you are also a child. You're a child of God, and um, there, there's a scripture in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter five, and Paul is talking to the church, saying, "Follow God's example." And walk in the way of love just as God loved you. So parents, this love, just really um, Mm. look up because your Heavenly Father loves you. And uh, just as you're looking after your kids, let your Heavenly Father look after you. And And God is love. And if God is love, our families need love. You need love. Your family does. Remember that uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Love is kind. You know, does not envy, does not boast, does not keep any record of wrongs, but love always protects, it perseveres, it trusts, it hopes. Love never fails. Love is God. God never fails. So you're doing a great job, parents. Look up. Your Heavenly Father loves you, will strengthen and grace you for the work that you're doing with your kids. That has been so good. Thank you both so much. Uh, Colleen, this is uh, not a question without notice, but you can feel free to decline. But I would imagine if someone out there goes, I've got a a thing here, I just don't know what to do. Could they email our church office uh, to you, info at metrochurch.org.au and you Absolutely, absolutely. Email us, get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. We've got a great team of people, great team of people that would love to stand with you, pray with you, send you info. We would love to do that. Thank you, by the way. I watched the Celebrate Women's Day, Mother's Day for everyone else. Uh, Celebrate Women's Day video the kids did. Oh, that was hilarious. And so much work that your team did. Would you thank everyone in Metro Kids and Families, sincerely from all of us, so valuable. Uh, We really appreciate it. And Tendai, thank you both for being willing to say yes to a divine call. I know that your calling and your job might be outside of the church walls a lot of the time, but it's a ministry 
that's incredibly valuable. Uh, we just want to finish this part by praying for families because, oh, look, uh, being a parent myself, I just know how often I've needed help, how often I've needed support. I really love what Tendai just said there, that it takes a village. Thank God the church is that village for so many of us. There's all these people that can be a part of helping us and knowing that when it comes to family, none of us have got it all right. None of us have got all the answers, but God will help us. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for every family, whatever kind or way that's being expressed right now. I pray for grandparents. I pray for aunties and uncles and nieces and cousins and children. I pray for every one of us. I pray for families, Lord, that right now are in very difficult times. Would you pour grace into that family? Lord, would you encourage every father, every mother, every grandparent, every aunt, every uncle, every brother, every sister, that you are wanting to help and you're going to bring answers to their world. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Of course, if you've got a particular family need in ministry time with Pastor Hayden in a minute, feel free to log your prayer request in there. Let us know and our prayer team will keep praying for your family. Just before, though, I hand over to him, uh, I love the moment of being coming into the family of God. You talked, Colleen and Tendai, about God's love for us. And it can be... Cliched, I realise that for a lot of people, but I don't know about anybody else. When I get into worship like we did tonight, it always amazes me how it never gets samey. It, you never once, I watched you side stage there worshipping away. No one else is the audience. No one's watching you do it. We don't do it because it's part of our job. We do it because the reality of the love of God has touched us in such a powerful way. And I know you see that with kids that love Jesus. They're honouring God. It's as real to them and perhaps even more real than to any adult. And no matter what age you are, you can say yes to Christ. And as simply as saying yes, here in Australia, you can do that by texting your yes, why yes, through to 488 if you'd rather get the info by email or you're outside of Australia and we get these every single week, understand that it's you talking to us here at Metro Church. There's no third party involved. It's just us. Pastor Bruce and Phil Morlapola are the ones who are sending this out to you every week. And in one screen on your smartphone, you get a scripture and then you get a prayer that you can pray out loud if you want, make it yours. And that... That will come to you every day for 30 days. A different one, by the way, every day. You can opt out, of course, whenever you like. No questions asked. But we would love to be a part of helping you discover the great joy and the love that God has for you. And I'd love to help you tonight in your saying yes. If that's you, let me pray for you right now, right where you are. You might say, Jeff, but... I'm, I'm not a good person, or Jeff, I've never had faith, or Jeff, I don't know how much faith I have. Let me encourage you that your yes is enough for God to act. You don't need more than that. 
You don't need a long resume of great character or some wonderful thing. You don't need God to look inside of you and find overwhelming faith. He's simply waiting for your yes. That'll be enough for God. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you want to be the father of this family. And Lord, you want to invite this person right now to, in their yes, join your family so that you are more than God in heaven. But Lord, you are someone very intimately and closely connected to their life. I pray for the people that right now are going to say yes, either by texting it to that number or using that email at yes.metrochurch.org.au. I pray, God, that the next few days and weeks will be an increasing journey of joy as they discover what it's like to know you and to walk with you. And I pray you'll help them. In Jesus' name, amen. Please do that. Uh, you can do it anytime over the next week or so. We'd love to hear from you. Yes.metrochurch.org.au or 0488826392 if you're in Australia. But let me say again, thank you, ladies. There was absolute gold in there. I know a lot of people are going to go back and watch that, be a part of it again and again. So God bless you. 